0: Hey pharmacy owners out there, thanks for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Running a pharmacy business isn't easy. The obstacles for succeeding today are tough. When I came across a product that gives pharmacy owners an edge, I get excited. That's why I want to tell you about the Pen Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack. The UltiGuard Safe Pack is an FDA clear product, and when pharmacies dispense these pen needles, they see consistently higher revenue and higher margins. With Pen Needle Ultiguard pack you're doing more for your patients and more for your pharmacy's bottom line. Go check it out for yourself. Go to ultiguardsafepackcom forward slash podcast. That's ultiguardsafepackcom forward slash podcast. Once again, ultiguardsafepack.com forward slash podcast. And let me know what you think. And thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast.
1: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
0: The American Pharmacists Association, ASP, National Patient Counseling Competition, it encourages student pharmacists in their efforts towards becoming better patient educators through a competition designed that really encourages the pharmacy student to go above and beyond in what it means to be a patient counselor, a patient educator about a disease state, about medications. And it begins on a local level. It begins right where the pharmacy student is in their geographic areas. And with Pharmacy Future Leaders being one of the older podcasts, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, we wanted to reach out to students that are making a difference and specifically um, a top 10 um, national patient counseling competition um, uh, pharmacy student that's here with me today. Deanna Snitzer, uh, she is with the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy, Student Pharmacist Class of 2022. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Bob. I'm so happy to be here.
0: And I can't help but to be biased, uh, go Pittsburgh and the University of Pittsburgh, which has been a very special School of Pharmacy for the Pharmacy Podcast uh, Network in our nation, um, the, the University of Pittsburgh participates in our Beyond the SIG podcast with Brooke Kalusich, who's our host there, and she's done a bunch of their um, different episodes. So we're proud to have a University of Pittsburgh uh, School of Pharmacy student with us again t- today. Thank you. So why pharmacy, Deanna? Why, why do you want to become a pharmacist?
1: So I originally started my route very non-traditional. I originally have a bachelor's degree uh, from Seton Hall University in biology. I originally wanted to be a physical therapist. During my time, I realized maybe that isn't for me. Maybe I want to do research. But when doing that, I I really love the aspect of talking to people and getting to know people. So I, I knew that wasn't the direction for me. I was looking into pharmacy because you get kind of all of that in one. Talking to people, you get those interactions, you get health care, you kind of get that chemistry, biology knowledge as well. And the more and more that I looked into it, the more that I just fell in love. I absolutely love talking to people. I love patient care. So I knew that this was going to be the profession for me.
0: So talk to me about this competition, which really drills down into the heart of what a pharmacist does especially in a community setting, although you'll definitely be focusing on this counseling aspect in geriatrics and senior care as well as specialty uh, pharmacy where you're really going deep into a specific disease state. But you're kind of from a a consumer's perspective, this is the heart of being a pharmacist and this is the uh, patient counseling um, even at that community level. To talk to me about this, um, about being part of this competition.
1: Yes, this was such an amazing opportunity that I was able to have. I've dreamt about taking part in this competition ever since I first started pharmacy school. My first year, I did not compete. I wanted to have that confidence to, to really shine. Second year of pharmacy school, I did take part in it. I got fifth place. But I knew that wasn't good enough. I knew I could do better. My third year this year, I competed in the local competition. I actually won first place, which gave me the opportunity to represent the University of Pittsburgh in this competition. And I competed on a national level. They had a first part, which consisted of, I believe, 140 plus schools. And I was fortunate enough to place in top 10.
0: That's incredible. Very proud of you, Deanna, not only as a future pharmacist, but as, a, as someone from Pittsburgh. Well, not actually, you're not from Pittsburgh, but you're with the School of Pharmacy um, in Pittsburgh, so that's all that matters to me, so that's amazing. Yeah, the, the, the top 10 were from, from University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, uh, Virginia Commonwealth University, uh, Midwestern University, um, Cedarville uh, University the University of Kansas, Drake University, the University of Wisconsin, the University of Arizona, and the University of California. So you were representing Pittsburgh, which was absolutely amazing. And let's talk about your poster. Let's talk about the development of what you actually dug down into and how important that is, because I have a special place in my heart for for what you did this on. I'm not gonna give away um, any of it because I want you to tell but national patient counseling and the competition in patient counseling in this specific disease state is absolutely everything because it's actually more important than the medication that assists as, assist people in this disease state, at least in my opinion. So let's uh, let's open up what you did your poster on.
1: Yes. So I was also fortunate enough to present a poster regarding opioid stigma and addressing how to reduce that through an online interactive continuous education credit geared for pharmacists and pharmacy technicians
0: excellent so what did that teach you about uh, the disease state of of you know disease of, of addiction as a disease and and the way that it impacts um, the way that our minds work and in the case of ouD opioid usage disorder it actually starts changing the, the brain patterns of, of a human that, that's gone through serious addiction. So what did you learn from it?
1: Something that I learned from it is that it's it's everywhere in the United States. It's everywhere in the world. And it's something that's very important for pharmacists. People with opioid use disorder should not be defined by their disease or, or their condition. And pharmacists are often one of the first people that these individuals interact with. So somebody might be on the fence of receiving that treatment, and the pharmacist can be that person that really encourages them and motivates them to continue on with their treatment. and And it's the pharmacist itself, they just they play such a major role in addressing these issues and and, and everything.
0: So what about um, comorbidity issues? You and I, before we started re- recording, we're talking about diabetes and addiction. How do you think that compounds uh, things when you're going through through addiction?
1: I believe that everything should just be treated as you know it's a, it's a disease state. You don't choose this; it it just happens, and and you should treat it as you know a disease state. Nothing to be judgmental about or stigmatizing, regardless of what it whether it be diabetes, whether it be hypertension, or whether it be opioid use disorder.
0: So an aspect of healthcare care that you want to stick um, in is patient facing. Um, it's not like you you want to go into digital therapeutics or even one specific disease state. Share with our listeners um, what you hope to do uh, with your with your PharmD.
1: So a dream of mine is to stay within that direct patient care. I want to follow disease states longitudinally. I want to hopefully do something in ambulatory care pharmacy or or somewhere in, in community or specialty pharmacy, somewhere where I could really get that patient interaction and follow patients throughout their conditions.
0: That's awesome. I I think that we need more pharmacists who are doing a lot more medication management counseling to really help the patient understand the importance of adherence, how many times I've experienced in taking a antibiotic and getting about, you know, one third of the way through it, and I start feeling great. And I, even I have, you know, been, um, you know, privy to not continuing as I should with my with my prescription. And, uh, you know, having a medication treatment plan in place that a pharmacist partakes in that ongoing is so important. And this is why the world of specialty pharmacy is exploding right now, because pharmacists understand a very specific disease state. When you have a medication that is so expensive to start, and if you don't continue it, then it's a bunch of waste, not only of time, but of the money that that medication is costing. So, um, when I think of addiction and I think of the the stigma that is there, um, it's just something that it, it almost seems like it's going to take generations or subset generations of care providers to start at the care level first and allow that to trickle down with the patient going through the therapy to let them know you are going through something that is so serious that I am a pharmacist and I'm here to help you get through it. It's not like um it's not like even like I said like getting a virus and you might be involved with a pharmacist for a filling pers- for the, for the prescription but that's really like it but this is an ongoing chronic issue that you have to keep in touch with your counselor, your primary care and then your phys- your pharmacist as that medication expert. What else do you think can be done to de-stigmatize the world of, of drug addiction and opioid usage disorder?
1: Something that I think to be done is just get awareness. This is not a disease that someone should conquer alone, and it shouldn't be something people should be embarrassed of. You know, we as healthcare providers, we're not here to judge. We don't care what happened, what's going on. We just want to make sure everyone is safe and treated effectively. So I just really think just spreading awareness and, and education for pharmacists, technicians, for for doctors, for any kind of clinician, anybody, honestly.
0: So when I think of the subsets that are there and the in the the drill down opportunities that pharmacists have, when I was in addiction in the addiction medicine sector in medication assisted treatment as director of strategy, I saw how pharmacists were impacting treatment because the, the patient felt um, much much better. They, they felt like they leveled up when the pharmacist became involved because of that extra attention that they were getting. And the only time that we really involved a pharmacist is when there was comorbidity, when there were two different disease states or sometimes three or four, goodness sakes, where they were on a multitude of medications and so therein lies a way that our system can not only care for patients at the level that they are, but also decreasing costs because of pharmacist's involvement keeps them adherent and keeps them going. Because you go through two months, five months, one year worth of therapy, and then all of a sudden you drop off. And think of how many times that patient either goes back into the hospital or goes back into addiction, or their diabetes goes back out of control. Um, they lose a foot because of you know, the, the disease, progressive, whatever. But that cascading of, of issues, um, if we don't have that pharmacist involvement, is huge. So I'm glad that you tackled the one in addiction. Um, pharmacists are so important, but they're underutilized in the resource in, in, as a resource in the fight against uh, prescription uh, drug abuse. And, and this has been researched by, um, by several organizations, including um, an, an associate professor of the University of Georgia College of Pharmacy, uh, Dr. Merrill uh, Norton, actually did an entire research paper on how a pharmacist's involvement with people that are going through substance um, issues and opioid usage disorder... Um, were actually cared for better once again because the stigma was was lessened because they felt like there was another medical professional that were, was involved with their care. So what that's a great one to have, to have picked in and I hope that you keep that as a part of your community service.
1: Definitely, I definitely will. Through my research, it honestly became a new passion of mine that I didn't even know that I had starting pharmacy school.
0: That was awesome. So um, you're graduating in 2022 and um, are you going right, are you going to go right into practice or are you going to um, go for a, a certificate degree of something else or what are your
1: plans? So that's a very good question. I, I'm still not entirely sure exactly what direction that I'm going to personally go in, but I am leaning more towards residency, I believe.
0: So I want you to give a shout out to a, professor or a preceptor that you want to give thanks to that's really helped you through through your time at university of pittsburgh
1: Ooh, to pick just one <laughs> <laughs> that's very difficult everyone is so great at the university of pittsburgh but if i could give a shout out to just one would definitely have to be dr luke Ehrenbrock. he he assisted me in preparing for the local competition he, I remember, I don't know if he remembers, but the first time that I visited Pittsburgh for my interview, I was actually introduced uh, to Dr. Baron Brock um, regarding research. And he told me a little bit about that. And, and he honestly changed my mind about Pitt. And it was so personal. And, and it just really made me want to just go to Pitt even more than I already did. That's awesome.
0: Now, do you know any P1s that are out there who you want to give a shout out to, to give them inspiration in continuing with their journey to becoming a pharmacist?
1: Oh, so I currently um, work with uh, a P1. I am an over-the-counter medication safety officer uh, for APHA, and uh, Lindsay, and her last name is... is um, skipping my mind, but I want to encourage her to keep doing what she's doing. She got thrown into this position at such a difficult time due to the pandemic. We had to rewrite our whole program to adapt to to all these Zoom links and (laughs) everything. So I want to encourage her to keep doing what she's doing. And and a shout out to P2, who's also working with me, Lexi. um, She's also another co-chair. Keep doing what she's doing. She's been great too.
0: That's awesome. I always like to extend you know, the the position that we're in up and say thank you to who helped us, but then also down and extending an arm and a hand down to lift up, because that's how we continue to support each other is constantly, um, no matter what position you're in, if you're a P1 and you think, oh, I'm at the very beginning, well, think of those even high school level people who are interested in science or biology like you were, Deanna, and be able to give them in your hometown. If you ever meet up with them or you hear from them, uh, you know, encouragement to keep going regardless of what people say. And that's the 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 trust and the love that I put into building such a network as the Pharmacy Podcast Network is trying to find interviews that are about inspiration, but then also interviewers and hosts that continue to kind of build us as an industry because. We have to support each other in order for us to ultimately support our patients, which is is what your number one focus is is to be. So I am an advocate of yours and I'm a fan of yours and um, I can't wait to see uh, what you do.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So we were on with Deanna Schnitzer with the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy. She is a student pharmacist class of 2022 and she's an award winner um, to make the national patient counseling competition top ten, which is absolutely amazing, the finalist of the 2021 national patient counseling competition, and their designated um, abilities to really make a change. All of them are designated as a as a conduit of their school and and representation of their school. And you you have to be proud in rep and representing the University of Pittsburgh. Yes, it's 2 p Absolutely. Well, thank you, Deanna, for um, being an interview and, and doing this interview with me on uh, Pharmacy Future Leaders. Um, we have to stay in touch with you and make sure that we um, we we watch you throughout your career and that you continue to not only um, stay in touch with with our network, but also some of our hosts who probably are are were, you know in in similar positions that you were in at this level, including uh, Dr. Uh, Chloe Givens who. She started out with Pharmacy Podcast Network as a P3 and now she's a pharmacist and she still comes back and she actually developed the very first NAPLEX podcast, which is all about reviewing for the NAPLEX. So you'll have to take a listen to that one. Well, I thank you so much for your time. We can't can't wait to um, to, to keep in touch and to see what you do.
1: Thank you so much again for having me. This has been great.
0: You were on with Diana Schnitzer with the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy. And we always thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast.